Next to religion, aka the Bible, and sales, there are perhaps more books written about leadership than any other topic. But what is leadership? Stay tuned, and I'll tell you how I approach it. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So what percentage of people who have had been, have been in workforce for at least five years would say they've ever had a crummy boss? Not just, have you had a boss who can improve? I mean, a bad boss, just, just bad. And, you know, based on conversations I've had with people, if they've been in the workforce over five years, probably over 80%, for sure, over half. Now, what percentage of people who have been in leadership roles for more than five years would say they are crummy leaders? Like, do you think you are a crummy leader? Not, do you think you could improve? The percentage who think they are just bad. And it's probably less than 10%, for sure less than 20%. So how do we explain this discrepancy? For sure, there's, there's bias and blindness on our own performance. So we often judge others on outcomes while we judge ourselves on our intentions, intentions. So we could say, well, yeah, that didn't really work out very well, but I was trying really hard or I really meant to do well or I had the best interest of the company and the team at heart when I did it. And the people who are uh, paying the consequences or suffering the consequences don't care as much about our as our intentions. They they look at well, it ruined my day, it ruined my week. We you know whatever happened, uh, you know bad things have have happened in workforces that we've all been in for sure, directly because of things that a crummy boss has done. So for sure, our bias and our own blindness on our performance can contribute to that massive gap of how many people say they've had a crummy boss versus how many people say they are a crummy boss. Part of it, which again, you know, we don't suffer the consequences. So it seems like it's not as big of a deal. Like we make a mistake. It's like, yeah, it was big. I made a mistake, but eh, it was no big deal versus the person who's suffering the consequences goes, holy crap, that was a huge mistake. That was a, a catastrophic blunder. You should have seen what happened after that, ha- you know, after whatever, whatever it was happened. So the, 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 Dealing with and suffering through the consequences, that can certainly uh, skew things. And, you know, we all have, uh, we can name characteristics of good leadership. I don't come across a lot of people who have like a, a definition ready to go. Like, hey, what is leadership? And a lot of times I'll, I'll start hearing things like, well, it's being, you know, having integrity or being honest or saying things people don't want to hear when necessary and, you know, that kind of stuff, which again, I agree that those are all characteristics of good leadership. But people don't generally have a definition ready to go of what is leadership. And I think this is a major component of why there is that that skew between 
what people people say who who say they've had a crummy boss and they've endured poor leadership versus people say they are a crummy boss and they have poor leadership. I think that a major component of that is we don't really have a definition ready to go. What is leadership? Because it could be, I mean, perhaps an infinite number of things. There's just so many things it could be. And for me, like if we don't have a definition for what we're trying to do, if we can't articulate in a short, concise way what it is we're trying to do, we're just going to struggle with it, I think, based on you know my experience. I, I do. I struggle with doing things well that I cannot articulate. So we all want to be good leaders. And in many ways, you most certainly are. Like many of us, I don't know, there's, there's very many exceptions to, to people who aren't born with some skills and qualities that would make them good leaders. Now, does that mean that they all grow up to be great leaders? No, of course not. But again, we've just covered like, the, the over half of people would say if they've been in the workforce over five years, they've had a really bad boss. So we all want to be good leaders. And in many ways, we all are kind of born with some building blocks of things to work with. Um, people who are, who are not interested in improvement in improvement though, are not likely to be good leaders in my opinion. So, you know, we're born with these things that are, that can help us kind of get going in the right direction but we can't just rest on those things and, and die with the, just those same limited skills we were born with and expect to be known as a great leader. I just, in my experience, that's not how it works. And I can tell you from people I've worked for and worked with and learned with and later helped teach in these kinds of roles, the ones who are least interested in personal improvement, in my opinion, generally speaking, were the ones that were the, the crummiest bosses. You know, there's a couple, uh, one was just, uh, he was just kind of clueless and he, how he got, he even got the role. Sometimes I always kind of wondered, but, um, maybe it was just hard to hire at that time. I don't know. Um, but, but he was just clueless and he had zero interest in improvement. If anything went wrong, it was definitely somebody else's problem. It was definitely somebody else's fault until his boss came into town. His boss would fly in from the corporate headquarters or whatever. And, and then he was Johnny in the spot, you know, and it was weird to watch the change in his performance or not his performance, his behavior when his boss was in the office versus when his boss left. It was really wild to watch how that changed and everyone could see it and it became kind of a joke. And, but when the, his boss would leave, he would default back to what he, what his baseline skill set was, which was not fantastic to be completely honest. Another guy um, I, I've talked about on here before was probably the cruelest, just the cruelest man I've ever met. And again, he was just, there was no interest in self-improvement. There was no, at no point did he ever say, hmm, I wonder if I'm doing this okay. Or I wonder if I'm, I could do this better. There was none of that. He just, this is the way it is. And this is the way I am. If you don't like it, hit the bricks, buddy. Like, and, it, and that would be a kind way for him to say that. He was, he was just very cruel. And so, uh, you know, and, and other less extreme examples, but the people the the people who I've seen in leadership roles in my career, going from corporate type America type jobs to family owned businesses, like this is a universal thing. I don't think we can have an expectation to be good leaders if we don't actively work on leadership things. And so for, for me and for, um, 
folks listening, I hope that one of the first things we want to do is like, okay, what is leadership? Let's start with that. And then we can figure out how to figure out what good leadership is. But we have to first have a have some kind of definition for ourselves. What is leadership? So the good news is you're here, you're listening. So the chances are you're doing better than you think. This is one of the the odd things in life. The people who think, um, the, oftentimes people who are good at a thing think they're crummy at it, and people who are bad at a thing think they're really good at it. Now, we can all improve on this. There's no question. Every one of us in life can improve on this thing. But you're here, and you're trying, and you're invested in, in becoming a better leader. You want to become a better leader. You wouldn't be listening to stuff like this. So my, my point with telling a story about people who are not interested in improvement are not likely to be good leaders is if you're listening to this, you know, you're, you're probably, you're probably in the bucket where we're like, we, we can be good at this. This is not something that, uh, I would say that if you're, if you're interested in improvement, which listening to this podcast would be an indication that you are, then you're probably going to be okay. But we, th- we still need to figure out like anything, our odds of, it, of being successful at a thing drop dramatically when we can't define the thing. And this is the case here, right? So what is leadership for you? So just Take a moment and think about this. Like, what is leadership? So, again, I'm not asking what characteristics make up good leadership, like honesty and integrity and fairness. Those are all, listen, those are all super important things. And and in another conversation, we'll get into that stuff. And we have had conversations about that stuff. And if you read my book, it's all about stuff like that. But what before we get to what is good leadership, what is leadership? Again, I think... Asking what makes good leadership is a fantastic question. I don't want to dismiss that, but that is a very different question. What is leadership? And to me, it's three steps. And and if you listen to this podcast long enough, or if you interact with me long enough, like you'll you'll see this kind of come out. Um, and and I've developed this through, you know, just years of learning from who I think are great leaders. And the first step is for anything determining what does success look like or what is our goal? It doesn't matter what it is. It's for anything, anything. Uh, what does success look like or what is our goal? That's the, if, if you're, if you're going to be in a leadership role, the first thing we have to do is figure that out. If we can't figure that out, it's going to be exceedingly difficult to be a good leader. The second thing is the second step is identifying where we are now relative to that desired outcome. And the third thing is facilitate the behaviors and processes to go from where we're at now to where we want to be. So imagine if you were dropped in a forest or a desert with nothing but a compass and a map and the clothes on your back. That's it. That's all you got. What's the first thing you would try to do? You'd grab the map and you grab the compass and you try to figure out where the heck you are. And you're trying to figure out how to, how to get to where you want to be. Now, sometimes like in the forest and the map thing, the, the intuitive thing is to do it in the opposite order, and that's fine. But we need to figure out where we want to go, and we need to figure out where we are now, and we need to figure out what obstacles are between here and there. Like in the, in the forest and the desert example, there's rivers and mountains and whatever. Like think back in the old, you know, pioneering days when people were, you know, there was rudimentary maps that they were using. They're trying to make their way around. Uh, it's not likely we would find that ourselves in a situation like that. Now, but if we did, like imagine yourself being dropped, just like you wake up and you have a map and a compass and you're in a forest and, and you want to figure out how to get there. Well, you, you just walk around aimlessly. If you didn't, if you didn't have a way to know how to get out of there, 
And so the point is we'd want to find the point on the map where it would get us out. And that's kind of how I approach all these things as well. So where do we want to go? Where are we at currently? What And how do we get there? What are the ri- obstacles? Ri- again, rivers and mountains, that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's it's it's different in business. It's different in our lives, but it's not that much different. It's different in the things we're going to face, but it's not different in the process. So that's how I approach all things. We need to improve sales. Okay, well, what does success look like as it relates to improving sales? When we say we want to improve sales, like what do we mean? And this is one of the things I think is a clear thing for leadership, okay? Because if we don't, if we don't identify what it means to quote unquote improve sales, and we have a team of 37 people, or even seven people, or even three people, it's very likely they all have different ideas of what quote unquote improving sales is. So the very first thing I have to do as a leader is make sure are we all aiming for the same thing. Because if the answer is no, we're going to have problems. There's no question. Second thing is, okay, we need to improve sales. Great. Where are we at now? Because some folks, again, if you have a team of three, seven, or 37, some folks are going to think we're doing pretty well. Some folks are going to think we're doing well enough that maybe we don't need to make a big, a big improvement in sales. And some folks are going to think, no, we're really, really tanking here. And so do we all agree upon where we're at now? Or do we have some kind of indicator to tell us where we are now? And then what do we have to do from where we're at now to where we want to be, right? So again, step one to leadership for me is identifying what does success look like. Sometimes that's easier than others. And where we can go wrong here is by by assuming that everyone understands the same idea of what success looks like, which is sometimes the case, but oftentimes not. And the bigger your team is, the less likely everyone's going to intuitively have the same idea of what success looks like. So we say things like we want to improve Sales, again, that's a great example. We want to have a great culture. What does that mean? What does having a great culture mean? Uh, Again, if you have a, the larger your team, the the more variable or variance that they're going to be from person to person in identifying or understanding or believing like this is what a good culture looks like. We need to be really good at following our processes. Okay. What do we mean when we say that? Like, what does success look like as it relates to following our processes? Right? We need to, we need to, uh, you know, offer a better experience. Okay. What does it mean like to offer a better experience? So these are examples of things where I'm talking about, like, the first role, in my opinion, of a good leader is making sure we're all aiming for the same thing to the degree possible. And there's various mechanisms that we talk about a lot on here, how to do that. So I'm not going to get in the weeds on that stuff today, but The first thing I have to do is make sure we're all aiming for the same thing. Because if we have a team of people not aiming for the same thing, not only is it not going to be a great experience for the customer, and not only is everyone going to be um, frustrated in the workplace, but I'm a selfish guy and my life is going to (laughs) suck. So it's just much easier for me to spend the time to figure out, like, are we all aiming for the same thing? And then go from there versus assuming we're all aiming for the same thing, being proven wrong and having a miserable experience until then, all right? So that's first thing is, are we all on the same page? What are we aiming for? What does success look like? Step two is, where are we at today? Now, this is a step that is skipped so often, it's shocking to me how often this step is skipped. People will say things like, we need to improve sales, and they'll establish a target, and they will not measure where they're at now. They will not identify where they're at now, and they just kind of have this approach like, well, I'll just get, the, I'll just know when we get there. and the problem with that is, you know, as a person who's, who's, you know, on an 
a lifetime weight loss journey. Like when you decide you it's around the first year, you decide you want to lose some weight and you say, okay, I want to lose 40 pounds. Okay. And what's the next thing you do? Well, you figure out, you know, a plan or I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to start going to the gym. I'm going to do whatever. But at some point you step on the scale to figure out where you're at now. Now, why do you do that? We do that to establish a baseline so we can see performance and we can identify what is. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to have a, it, it just imagine how silly it sounds to say, if you weighed, you know, 300 pounds and you said you want to lose 20 pounds and somebody said, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? You're like, well, because I weigh around 270 and I want to get down to 250. Well, that makes no sense. Like, why would you do that? Of course you wouldn't do that. Well, why would you do that in your business? Why would you just assume like we're right on stuff and take the chance of being wrong and remove the motivation, the motivation and the, um, the, the benefits of seeing the progress we make. Like if we say we want to improve sales, sales is a pretty easy number to, me- to measure. So this would be an easier one than most. You know, we want to get to $1 million in sales. Where are we at now? We're at 870. Okay, great. We want to make up $130,000. How are we going to do that? And then we measure our progress in doing so, right? It gets a little harder on things like we want to have a great culture. What does a great culture look like? Well, how would you know there's a great culture in place? You would see these kinds of things. You would experience this. Well, where are we at now? What do we see now? What do we experience now? What is that gap? We have to identify the gap, right? And this is, most often I see this with things like culture and processes and procedures. Like we need to get our processes in place. Okay, so what does success look like? Success looks like we have all of our procedures written for things we want procedures on. And we have known processes that people follow for things that procedures don't fit. Okay, great. Where are we at now? Awkward silence. <laughs> and it's like, well, we don't, we don't really know where we're at now. And the answer could be, we have none of that. We're starting from like step one. Okay. And that's fine. Or the answer could be, well, we have a handful of things. We have key procedures in place, like a handful of key procedures, but that's really it. Okay, fine. Are people following them? Well, we don't really know. Okay. Well, that is the step that I think is necessary to find out where we are today, right? And that's the step that is very often skipped is identifying where we are today. We just blaze past that and we say, don't worry, we'll start paying attention when we get close to reaching the goal. And I think that's a massive mistake. The third thing is facilitating the behaviors and processes from where we are now to where we want to be. And this is where those guys I was talking about earlier, I think this is where they drop the ball the most um, because for nearly all of us, and I have not found an exception to this yet, either when I say we're going to facilitate the behaviors, that's like relationships and people do, you know, people's the people part and the processes, that's the non-people part. All of us, and again, I've not made an exception to this. All of us are, are intuitively better at one of those or the other. We either prefer relationships. We enjoy that. And we're good at that. Or we prefer tasks and processes and spreadsheets. And we're good at that. The two guys I was talking about earlier we're good at one of those two. There's no question. But they were not interested in improving in the one that they weren't good at. And that is what held them back. So this third one is we're, we, you know, we got to facilitate the behaviors and the processes. Now, be, because we're not good at one doesn't mean that that's less important. I think they're equally important. And we know that we're going to be born with a skill set that, that leans towards one of the, or the other relationships and behaviors or tasks and processes. Whichever one we lean towards being naturally good at, awesome. We got to shore up our skills in the other one. And that is, I think, a key thing when we can can be 
capable in both areas, we're much more likely to be successful than if we just lean on the one we're born with and expect everyone to conform to how we want things to be, which is not reality and is not going to have a great outcome. And, and we just dismiss like, well, I'm not great at dealing with people. So, you know, Hey, we're just going to focus on numbers around here. (laughs) Okay. Well, good luck with that. Because half your team doesn't care about the numbers as much. They care about relationships more. And so it's not going to be as successful. Conversely, if you're like, hey, all I, all, all matters is people and relationships. Okay, well, that's true. Right until you're losing money every month and then business goes under. <laughs> and then those other things don't matter anymore. So, so in my opinion, these things have equal weight. But we dismiss them based on what is naturally, what we are naturally good at. We can't dismiss the other one. And we, and, and we can act as if people shouldn't care about the one we aren't good at. Now, I can tell you from my experience, that's how I did it when I was young in my early career. That was 100% part of my problem. And I've seen that in countless situations, again, as a subordinate employee myself, talking about people I reported to. Uh, I've seen this with peer managers. I've seen this with small business owners, you know, family type companies, the business owners. And I've seen this with um, peer managers of mine. I've seen this with people I've, I've trained to be managers. This is a universal thing. Again, this is not a business problem. This is a human problem. So those are the three steps, identifying what success looks like, identifying where we're at now, and facilitating the behaviors and processes to get from where we are now to where we want to be. So the question for you is, forget all the stuff I said, what is leadership to you? Not Again, not what are the characteristics of good leadership, but how would you define leadership? And, and once you know that, then... What does success look like for what 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 does success look like as it relates to you being a good leader? Step one. Step two, where are you now? And step three, what must be done to get you from where you are now to where you want to be? So that's what I'm hoping you'll walk away from this episode. Uh, as usual, if you find the information I share helpful, please share this podcast with a friend or colleague you think can benefit from it. Of course, public sharing is appreciated too. Um, but I really, you know, if you, if you hear somebody talking about, Hey, I have a team of people and I have this frustration, I would love it if you share this podcast with them. You never know when somebody's going to hear something that will really make their life a lot easier. And that's the whole point of this. So, uh, thanks for tuning in again this week and uh, happy new year to everyone. And, uh, that's it for this week. And I'll talk to y'all next week.